You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have Ruben Mejia. Uh, he's the CTO of Sports Art. The website is gosportsart.com. So, Ruben, thanks for coming. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so what is Sports Art? What's the company about? So, Sports Art is an, a manufacturer of fitness equipment. We make treadmills, we make strength machines, we make plate loaded machines, flexorized, basically anything that you see in a gym, we make. Uh, we don't make anything like uh, medicine balls or dumbbells or any type of accessories like that. It's more of the, the larger machines. Um, and what makes us different than everybody else is that we've got a, a line of cardio equipment that generates electricity as you work out. So um, we're, we're using that to, uh, to our advantage and trying to get uh, folks that are um, more sustainably minded. Oh, so for an average gym, I don't know how many treadmills they'd have, for instance, let's say like I don't know, 10 or something. Like at peak time, you know, 4, 5, 6 p.m., let's say, or in the morning, how much electricity can the gym generate from all the people using the equipment? You know, it, it varies on, on the age of the treadmill and how well they've maintained it. Um, but pretty much a standard, an industry average for treadmill, a motorized treadmill consumption is about a half a kilowatt per hour. So you know if you've funny? got 10 treadmills, you're... You know, it'd be funny if the gym was like, we need to rate, we need to work on our electricity bill. The better shape you guys get in, the lower our electricity. So, so they, you know, they yeah. say like the longer you go and the harder you run or jog or walk or whatever, the more electricity we make, you know? So it'd be like a fitness type thing oh. for them. Yeah. Funny, funny enough, we've got customers that actually offer some of their, uh, some of their members discounts based off of the amount of electricity that they've, that they've generated. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. They should have like a calories into electricity program, you know, an exchange program. Yeah, no kidding. We've even done like terrible events where, um, if you produce so many watt uh, watt hours, uh, we'll donate X amount of dollars for some charity. Like we did the uh, um, we did one event in Europe where uh, the more gen- more watts you generated, um, we donated water. So that we called the Watts for Water campaign. Wow, that's cool, huh? So what? How did this idea come about? You know, our founder has had this idea probably since the early '80s. Um, but he knew at the time that the the market wasn't ready. Uh, so about 10 years ago, we finally uh, put it out in the market, and um, it's slowly been adapting. Uh, more, more recently, about the last two or three years, it's kind of been taken off a little bit more um, globally. So we've got anywhere from you know a, a small boutique gym to being the only fitness manufacturer allowed to sell uh, our cardio equipment into the sustainable city in uh, in Dubai. And I'm talking like the, the sustainable city is complete net zero properties. Like you can't drive a car there. Everything has to be electric. 
they monitor, you know, all, all your waste. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, intensive there, but you know, they're, they're doing a good thing for the planet and our equipment is the only one that doesn't consume electricity. It actually generates more than what it consumes. Yeah. That, okay. So the average user, is it, well, okay. So there's different equipment. There's treadmills, there's maybe stationary bikes, there's other stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. On average, when someone's using one of those, do they have to work out really vigorously to make it a net zero consumption or even just casual use works? So our equipment just casually within seconds starts generating more than what it's what it's consuming. Um, when it's turned on in idle, uh, meaning not, not in a workout, it, of course, it's drawing electricity just like any other device would when it's plugged in and the lights are on. But within three seconds on our on our new treadmill, you're already producing enough electricity to power all the components inside. And if you were charging like a phone, it would provide that electricity as well, plus feedback into a local grid. So um, yeah, you can be, you can jump on a treadmill and, and start running really fast or just kind of start walking and, you, and you'll be producing electricity. Wow. What's it like for the person that's going to use the equipment? Like do the gyms just put it there and it sits there and people don't know or do you have to like shepherd the gyms along and tell them, hey, this is how you need to promote it and talk about it and, and all that? Um, it's a combination of both. Uh, more recently, we've, we've been uh, approached by more gyms that, that have a, some sort of sustainable practice, and they've already got that message inside their gym. Like they don't, they don't sell water bottles. They have the, like the refillable bottle stations. They've got biodegradable cleaning products and, and, and things like that. So adding the equipment is just a, a complement to their sustainable message. Um, but we also have gyms that, yeah, we also have gyms that um, don't really have that yet, but they want to get started. So we kind of coach them into into the message. And we're not trying to to tell the gyms, hey, be a commercial for sports art. No, not at all. Um, we're the only ones that have this type of technology. So that publicity that, that comes with them is eventually going to come to us because, like I said, we're the only ones that have it. So we try to coach these gyms into you know, developing a sustainable message to into incorporating um, that message into the tours for prospective members or even uh, existing members as well. Um, some gyms like us to produce some sort of pop-up banner or maybe even a short video that kind of um, is played right in front of the equipment just to give those those members a chance to you know read and see um, whenever there's not a staff member nearby. How do the gyms take it on? Do they do like one piece of equipment at a time and they showcase it or do they overnight like change over a whole bunch of equipment or is this for like new gyms oh it's for for anybody based off of their their situation um i I would say on average what we typically do is um because this is fairly new technology to them they don't want to just replace all 20 of their treadmills so what they'll do is they'll create some sort of green corner and they'll say okay here in this green corner we've got this equipment that actually produces electricity and they'll kind of try it out to see how well the members react to it and um if it's successful, then they kind of roll in a couple more uh, 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 more pieces of equipment little by little. Um, for, in the, with regards to our treadmill, um, it's a little bit different. It's a self-powered treadmill with slats, and um, it works counterintuitive to what you would think a, a traditional motorized treadmill works. So when, you, when you're on a traditional uh, motorized treadmill, you press, you know, you increase the speed, and the belt moves faster, and you're moving faster. Well, with our treadmill, you have to run faster because you've got a brake that's kind of releasing and you're at an angle. So if you don't run faster, you have the potential to slip off and, and uh, fall off the belt. So um, it takes a little bit of, of adapting just because 
folks haven't seen it before. But once they, they hear that you're not only burning calories, you're also doing something better for the environment, it's usually a, a bigger motivator for, for those types of gym members. So, uh, hmm, interesting. Oh, can you retrofit existing treadmills and other equipment in the gym? No, no. Our, our technology is patented, and it's all built into our equipment. Um, in fact, you, you don't even have to change your, your standard outlets because we, we use your standard three-prong outlet that you see at your house or in your office or, or wherever, and uh, you just plug it in, and it starts working. That's cool. Are you, what can you say about how it works? I mean, it's patented is great, but like, what's the mechanism by which it, it uh, generates and stores yeah. electricity or just generates? It's actually, yeah, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, think about a, a hamster wheel, right? If the hamster's on a wheel, it, it's, it's moving and it's turning the wheel. Well, with us, when you pedal or when you stride or when you're running, um, you turn a generator and that generator produces electricity. And then it goes into a microinverter, which actually cleans the power into a form that can be used by that circuit that it's plugged into. And by cleaning, I just mean uh, that it can be the right voltage and the right frequency so that other devices on that circuit or even in the building can use that electricity before the building pulls power from the public utility company. Is there a circumstance ever where the gym will produce more power than it's consuming and sell it back to the grid or is that not happen? In theory, it's possible. Um, you, you, you'd have to get a lot of people exercising and, and you have to buy a lot of equipment. Um, the sad truth is that uh, gyms consume a lot of electricity when it comes to air conditioning and lighting and television and, and sound and, and everything else. And if they have pools, even worse. So um, we're never going to tell you that you're going to start putting electricity back into the grid because, you know, the, the, because of how much those gyms consume. What we, we would like to tell the gyms is that, hey, we're going to help you offset your electricity costs and also provide your members a, a different way of working out that, that attracts to their, um, their, their social responsibilities. Okay, so what's the uh, anecdotal response from the gyms? Like, what are some cool examples of how certain gyms are using? <laughs> really cool. Um, we've got a, a gym in Sacramento, California, who, in combination with a uh, solar panels and battery wall, dropped their electricity bill from six hundred eighty dollars down to thirty dollars. Um, we've got a uh, uh, was nine thousand a, a day or a month per month per month. Okay. Um, we I have and this is a small gym too. Um, we yeah. have an installation in New York where our, our gym is in a nine thousand square foot building. And um, it's a completely net zero property. They have windmills, they have water mills, they have uh, solar panels, they have moss insulation. When you think the most sustainable practices, these guys have it. And um, our our equipment is producing 5% of that total electricity that they have there in that that facility. Um, We are, I just actually came back from an installation in in, uh, St. Pete's Beach called Centrifuge where uh, this, this young lady is opening a indoor cycling studio, and that's her whole, her whole pitch. You're going to be working out, you're going to be burning calories, you're going, to be, you're going to be burning sweat, and you're going to be producing electricity and doing things better for the environment. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great example. So one gym was almost able to completely cut off its electricity bill. It's almost nothing, the 30 bucks a month. Correct, yeah. It's, it's yeah, pretty interesting. Amazing. So what, how do people respond that go to the gym? What do they say to the gym owners or to you guys? You know, the, the folks that we've talked to responded, responded really well. Um, it, at first, it, they're a little confused because, you know, when you go to the gym, you're used to your treadmill, you're used to your elliptical, and all of a sudden you've got a new console in front of you. 
but the function, the functionality is the same. So all you have to show is people how to do the workouts, how to go into the pre-program workouts, you know, where the, where the controls are, and they just kind of adapt to it slowly and, and, and start working out and start doing better things for the environment. Okay, but it's not like an alien thing, the treadmill. It's pretty easy to use, and it looks similar to most treadmills. No, not at all. You know, there, there's a few self-powered treadmills out there that have some sort of like a, a curve. Um, our treadmill, for example, um, has a 4-degree incline so that it helps power the generator with your, your body weight and gravity, but it also doesn't deter the average user. Um, I, I consider myself an athlete, and when I get on some of those treadmills, I feel like a, like a baby giraffe because – I feel like I'm going to fall because I'm not stepped in the right place. And I can imagine somebody who's, who's not athletic um, getting on one of those treadmills and, and, and having an even harder time. So there's, there's no real learning curve. It's just a matter of, hey, to jump in on a different, on a different machine. Okay. That makes sense. Um, again, is it, is it smart to try to retrofit existing equipment or just to do new stuff? Like if you were able to retrofit existing equipment in an effective way, would that be a good market for you or? Or not really? No, no, it wouldn't. Um, just because there's so many fitness equipment manufacturers out there and not just the big name brands. Um, if you were to go to any of the, the, the fitness trade shows, especially like in Europe, you'll see that there's hundreds of equipment manufacturers from like residential down to up to the commercial grade. So we just want to, you know, make sure that, that when we do something, we do something well. And we know our equipment already because all we're doing is adding you know, the generator and the microinverter into our existing treadmills, sorry, our existing ellipticals or, or cardio machine. And uh, we're able to, to be more of an expert as opposed to um, just trying to be good at everything. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. So are there particular types of equipment that, uh, you know, work better with this arrangement versus others? Like a treadmill is the best or what, what works best? Um, if I were to guess, I would say that the indoor cycle is probably our, our highest producer of electricity just because when a fo- when folks jump on an indoor cycle, they're really going at it for 30, 45 minutes, even an hour. Um, whereas you compare it to a treadmill, you know, people aren't going to run as long as they would exercise on, on an indoor cycle. However, our treadmill also comes with the push feature. So you add a little bit more resistance and um, it works kind of like the Prius regener- regenerative braking system works where you apply f- friction with the brakes and that friction also uh, produces electricity. So the treadmill has a potential to be our highest producer, but um, if you were to ask me right now, the indoor cycle is what's used most. And then in what context does this work best? Like I, I would think if you had a class where someone's leading the class and uh, it's like, come on, everyone, let's push. And you, know, you generate a lot more electricity than just someone like hanging out on the treadmill, walking or bicycling. Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, in, in, in that cycling studio, the centrifuge, um, they also have our, our, our software system, which is called SA Wall Plus. And SA Wall Plus shows you how much electricity that gym is producing. And one of the things that I was talking to with Emma, the owner, is that, you know, during the class, you're going to see a number that's, that's on the television. You can say, all right, guys, we want to hit, you know, up to 1,100 watt hours. You know, we've got 100 watt hours to go. And just kind of using that as a motivator so that people can get on there and, and just start generating as much as they can. Okay. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, I don't know, any unexpected comments you've gotten from users or unexpected ways in which this could be used? You know, as things go on, there's a lot of surprises. There's some very creative people out there. Um, And it's just basically using our equipment to complement 
their existing practices or, or, or what they want to do. Um, our, our technology has existed for about 10 years. We're on our third iteration of it. So it, it works. Um, but now people are finding different ways to incorporate it into their, into their, um, into their scenarios. So, yeah, it's really how does our equipment help complement your message? And is the goal to make the equipment look as normal as possible? Or are there some designs you've made where it looks like it highlights the electricity generation portion? Of it? Maybe it has like a Tesla coil or, you know, one of those lightning globes hooked to it or something. Well, the way we differentiate our, our EcoPower equipment from everything else is the green siding. So we don't allow the, the customization of those sidings uh, to, to reflect whatever the gym's colors. It has to stay green. And that, with all of our marketing material and, and all of our PR pushes, we're saying, you know, green is eco-friendly. Green is green. You know, so people are going to naturally associate that green siding to something sustainable. Um, and on top of that, it doesn't, it doesn't look any different from our uh, non electricity producing equipment so you can jump on uh, our upright bike that produces electricity and you it'll feel exactly the same as our self-powered bike or as our bike that has a a uh, 16 inch uh, touchscreen monitor on it okay hmm. excellent so what's uh what's ahead for the next couple of years what new things are you working on uh, there's a lot of stuff that i'd like to talk about but they don't don't really let me uh but just just think it, what, whatever has motion can probably generate some sort of electricity. And we're trying to find the best way to um, develop that type of machinery. Um, we, the, the, cell, the generating power portion of it we've already got, it's just a matter of how can we fit it into, say, I don't know, uh, pull a machine or something. You know? So anything that has motion could potentially turn a generator. So we're looking into different ways in, into doing that. Okay, well, very good. Uh, what what uh, cities are you in? Like, where can people find the gym where they have this equipment? We're all over the world, actually. We've got huge installations um, in China, Japan, Germany, Poland. Uh, in the U.S., it's just now starting to take off. But uh, pretty much anywhere, any major city, you, you can pretty much find us. Um, yeah, you want to come to Seattle, we got places here. We've got places in New York, um, Florida, you name it. Um, we can probably give you a location. Uh, we're even in, in a couple of large in, uh, universities as well, like Ohio State and Penn State. So, um, sure. yeah, you, if, if you were just to tell me a zip code, I can probably find an installation for you. That's great. Are there certain chains that tend to carry your stuff, or is it more independent? It's a lot more independent with uh, a few hotels. Um, it's a lot harder to get into the chains just because of, of all the bureaucracy and, and uh, the processes that they have. But... Um, yeah. Pretty soon we'll, we'll be in there. I'm, I'm sure that the big chains are not going to be ignoring their uh, the members for too long, and they're gonna they're gonna initiate those talks. So right now what we're doing is we're focusing on the folks that um, really have an interest of bringing our equipment into the gym, and soon we'll focus on you know the much larger chains to bring this on a on a, on a broader level. Okay, excellent. Well, Ruben, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's a very cool idea. Uh, hey. I think it's great. Thanks for having me, guys. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now. 
and the companies that are using these technologies for the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.